This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. This is why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Thursday, 29 September, in the year of our Lord, 2022. And uh, we are all out here within, what is it, six weeks of the uh, of the election? 40 days uh, that we've got before the biggest midterm in uh, American history since uh, the Civil War, 1862. I want to go to Matthew Tiermont. we got a packed show this hour, so we're just going to have to clip through it. I want to go to Matthew Tiermont about tonight. A massive, remember, the Chinese Communist Party is all over Brazil. They want to take the resources of Brazil, the assets of Brazil. They need to control them. They are all over this campaign. There is right now, we just had this huge win in uh, Italy before that, in Sweden with the Swedish Democrats. Around that same time, the populists taking over the conservative party in um, in Canada. It's win after win after win. But uh, the big one is on Sunday. Matthew tiermont has been all over this. There's a debate tonight. You had a debate you know, back in the summer. Bolsonaro keeps winning because Lula's just not on top of his game. But is that going to matter? Is this thing rigged or is this thing? I don't understand the polling on this whatsoever. And I see these massive, massive crowds uh, for Bolsonaro. I see the ground game. Matthew Tierman, make sense of it for our audience. Okay, so tonight we have the second debate. They only faced off twice. The first one was at the end of the summer. Uh, and J.B. Jair Bolsonaro went on the attack against Lula da Silva, calling him corrupt. Accurate. The guy was a felon. He was put in jail uh, for the famous Operation Car Wash, where him and his former chief of staff and then who followed him into the office, President Dilma Rousseff, were caught money laundering their ill-gotten gains, selling Brazilian assets to China, to the CCP via Petrobras. Uh, Tucker did a great special. He talked about them selling the access to the ports, all the systemically uh, important uh, institutional frameworks of the country. The Chinese were coming in and buying in Brazil on the ground. It's a highly Catholic country. They do not want to be communist. They know communism leads to the death of religion, gulag, slavery, mass executions. Brazilians are smart. They've had a tough history. They know what it looks like. Tonight we have the second debate. This is the main debate. It's a couple. Hey, hang on. I want, I want to say something. And this, this is about the friendly competition we've got going on in the chat. From the two movies, St. Michael versus uh, the super spreader, the, the traditional Catholics versus the uh, evangelicals. It's, I think, the most Catholic country in the world, the largest, biggest Catholic country in the world. That being said, Bolsonaro is really has he's an evangelical, as is the family. And really, the evangelicals are the driving force, the driving religious force in Brazilian politics. Is that not correct, Matthew Tierman? That is true. But they you know, there's not it's not competitive. They are all on the same side. And that's the side of, you know, like we said in uh, the Italian and the Polish slogans, the Italian slogan that Maloney's been running, God, family, homeland. In Poland, you say bug owner, a cheese nut, God, honor, fatherland. This is what the Brazilian right, the silent majority, the masses feel. You know, we, we did I did uh, Frank Gaffney's podcast today and that'll be live in the next uh, 24 hours. And we talked about uh, Alan Dos Santos and myself. The amount of people that show up to the rallies, you think Trump rallies are big? 5, 10, 20, 40, 50,000 people? No, no, no. 
at an order of magnitude, an exponential factor of 10, it's 500,000, it's a million crowding the cities, Rio, Sao Paulo, Brasilia, Porto Alegre. They're packed. The people are enthused. And now they have to fight against this sort of kleptocracy that has been working hand in glove with the Chinese Communist Party to colonize, to allow the Chinese imperial hegemonic ambitions to colonize this hemisphere. And they're, where they want to take root the most is Brazil ag products because of the uh, the natural resources, because of the size of the economy. 212 million people in Brazil. We expect 40 to 50 million of them will tune in for this debate tonight on Globo, which is sort of the Brazilian CNN. If you think CNN works hand in glove with the uh, with the Dems and the uh, the State Department and the FBI, uh, Globo is even worse in Brazil in how politicized they are. There will be Candy Crowley moments galore, if anybody remembers that from a few years ago when she weighed in on the debate with Mitt Romney. This is going to be an absolute uh, just circus. And and JB is going to handle it really, really well. And then, of course, tomorrow you'll read in Globo that uh, Lula, you know, has the voice of the is the voice of the people, has a sport. He's going to get the floor dusted by him. It's why he doesn't campaign. People spit on him. They he, he, OK, but he, 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 here's here's what I understand. Here's what I understand. He, he's running a Biden campaign, but there's no there's no uh, there's no covid to talk about, he's literally running the Biden strategy. You don't see him. There's not big crowds. You're seeing three, four, five hundred thousand people show up for Bolsonaro. How can the polls be where there are, and how can he win? Not just with the machines, but when the the, the Supreme Court it seems to me, given I read your five thousand word description, an analytical piece on this, it seems they've already weighed in and say, "Hey, Lula's going to be the president. You're going to have to suck on that." Matthew Tierman. And that's what they're pushing. You got a bunch of other uh, candidates, two others that will poll that will poll and return in the high single digits, which should spoil any chance of one of the two leading candidates, Bolsonaro on the populist right, Lula on the sort of Workers Party Laborite left, uh, from winning the simple majority, fifty percent plus one, to avoid a runoff. So everyone knows that if that were to happen, that you know Lula uh, came in and uh, got fifty point oh oh one percent and won, that it would be totally fixed because you got two two candidates, Gomez and Tebet. That are going to get five to ten percent. You got two other candidates as well that are get a, a couple points. Uh, there's a small shot that JB, you know, if we overwhelm the system, if the right comes out with the right energy and people are angry and motivated, then he might win the run. He might win it in a uh, in a first round uh, without runoff. But all of the since institutional systems of the Supreme Court that I write about, their subsidiary court, the Supreme Electoral Tribunal, the Election Court, where they're going to weigh in. They just passed a law, but they don't have the right to pass a law. They just passed a law by. By, uh, by judicial fiat that you will not be allowed to bring your cell phones to the yeah. voting booth. And the, it's the Congress's job. To T- Tiermont, they've already, Twitter, Twitter's already shut down your piece. You yep. and Jason Miller were in the country and you got rousted by the police, right? They wanted to see well, everything special. about you, why you were there, all that. This is the police. This is the police that has been created out of the Supreme, this lawless Supreme Court. It's a federal police like an FBI that has the right to investigate, arrest, subpoena, go through records, call big tech and tell them take down accounts, uh, arrest journalists, arrest Daniel Silvera, a Bolsonarista congressman. Uh, and they have all the powers rolled into one of, of if you could imagine, uh, the uh, the biggest leftists in, the, in our judiciary, in our legislature and in our executive branch, the uh, the Mullers, the Merrick Garland's, the Sotomayor's, the Schiff's, the Nadler's. If they all had the same powers rolled into one where they can take their enemies and imprison them, that's this court. They oversee the elections. Okay. They have 
a system uh, run by Smartmatic, a digital system. Yeah. People can't on the ground on the streets. Give us. Oh, so there's back. no problem. There's no problem there. <laughs> there's no yeah, problem and, and, there. No paper routes. We got a. When are, are you gonna are you gonna live stream are you live streaming are you live streaming this tonight on Getter? I mean, my point is, are you going to do live commentary that people can follow? How can people follow this? I am going to comment like I always comment, which means run my mouth off, and uh, I appreciate you allowing me to do so in your show and Polish television as well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be commenting on this all weekend. You know, pray for pray for JB. Okay, where, the, where do they go? Where where do Matthew, where do people uh, go tonight during during the debate on Getter? You'll be on Getter on getter i'll be on twitter uh you know predominantly i'll probably make some longer posts on facebook uh and again it's my name my name's a rare name i'm the only name with it so you're not going to find any other matthew we'll have, so we'll have you on tomorrow morning to give an assessment of this the, the elections on sunday they couldn't get any bigger all the chips uh, in the middle of the table point, one, matthew one, thank one you other, so much one, yes sir Steve, one, other, one other point yeah. data point up today talking to some of the people in Brazil. Uh, they're so uh, apprehensive about what this court's going to do and how aggressively heavy-handed they are. The military, and this is a scary thing, but the military, much like in Sweden when the cops and the firemen were all on the side of the Swedish Democrats because they were sick of seeing their daughters raped by uh, open borders policy, the military is firmly in Bolsonaro's camp and they are going to be overseeing the election to the best of their ability. And I hear murmurings that if the court goes out of line, there may be some stuff that looks like 1970s South America, which is scary. But you know what? I don't care wow. what the New York CNN wow. says. Rule of law is under attack because rule of law is under attack by the fascists of this court and those who are in bed with the Chinese Communist Party who've been in jail and who were released by this court. So we're all fired up and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But we have a lot of forces of good on our side, including the Brazilian military. Uh, Matthew, look forward to watching you tonight and look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Thank you. Do you have a cold open for Joe Allen? We're now going to go to some really dark places, but hey, we've got to in the battleground because you've got to understand what's going on. Can we play Joe Allen's cold open? A built-in personal assistant could be implanted right into your brain. Instead of typing up your shopping lists or social media posts on a keyboard, you could have a brain-computer interface that automatically types your words when you simply think about them. Uh, no stranger to this group here is, is the development of closed-loop uh, deep brain stimulation devices, and we're, this is an active part of the brain portfolio. Clearly, they're important for developing therapies to help cure people of diseases, but there are other, there are other uses that one can imagine, malign uses as well as other uses, for example, enhancements for gaming and so forth. One of the things the Neuralinks allow Pager to do is to play his favorite video game, Pong. The reason Neuralink works is because it's recording and decoding electrical signals from the brain. We take out a, a sort of a, a small section of skull about the size of a quarter, um, replace that with what in many ways really is very much like a Fitbit Apple Watch or, or some kind of smartwatch thing. Can you imagine that in 10 years when we are sitting here, we have an implant in our uh, brains and um, I can immediately feel, because you all will have implants, I can, and we measure your, your brain waves, and I can immediately tell you how the people react, or I can feel uh, how the people react. Our team became the first in the world to receive a green light from the FDA to conduct clinical trials of a permanently implanted BCI. What is this going to mean for humanity? What's really got me thinking is the future of communication. Take emotion. Have you ever considered how hard it is to express how you feel. You have to self-reflect, package the emotion into words, and then use the muscles of your mouth to speak those words. But you really just want someone to know how you feel. 
So what if rather than using your words, you could throw your emotion and have them really feel how you feel? At that moment, we would have realized that the necessary use of words to express our current state of being was always going to fall short. The full potential of the brain would then be unlocked. The global health crises are being used as an excuse for greater authoritarianism. Because today it's, it's immunity therapies, but in 10 or 15 years, it might be people who reject uh, some kind of brain-computer interface. Okay. Uh, I want to go to Joanne. I got Brandon um, is going to follow on, uh, on, from the Christian Post. Um, Joe, this is very disturbing. Walk us through what's going to happen. And I know everybody, all the fanboys on the right with uh, Tesla and, uh, and uh, Elon Musk and Twitter and all that, but we're, we're having developments every day. This is extraordinarily dangerous, sir. Yes, Steve. You know, we've been covering this for about three weeks with the federal government funding brain research and genetic engineering. I've got a piece up at The Federalist right now. Uh, it's entitled Federal Research into Brain Manipulation and DNA Rewriting Should Terrify Us All. Uh, this is an incredible development because what we have is the federal government basically laying the foundation to allow every sort of transhumanist objective to take place in regard to the brain and DNA rewriting. So you had last week the announcement that the NIH is putting up 600 million for a total ultimately of 5 billion for the brain 2.0 project to map the human brain all 86 billion neurons and the trillions of connections it's been compared to the human genome project in scope and scale and the purpose is to map the entire human brain for medical purposes obviously but when you listen to the director of the brain initiative john guy he has a peculiar obsession with brain-computer interfaces. Uh, when asked by Stat News uh, what the sort of concrete applications might be, uh, he pointed to a brain-computer interface that was implanted last year at the University of California, San Francisco. He also pointed to a Baylor University study where brain implants are, in, are, are used to alter mood and behavior, such as uh, chronic depression and OCD. And then you have the involvement of DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, which has partnered very closely with the Brain Initiative. And everyone knows that DARPA is obsessed with creating cyborg super soldiers, and that that project includes non-invasive but also invasive brain-computer interfaces. So what I'm saying here is that you have federal funding going towards medical programs that are directly linked to transhumanist brain-computer interface sort of projects. And that's not to mention all that we've covered on the DNA rewriting coming out of ARPA-H and, of course, its new inaugural director, no. director okay. Renee Wegrizen. Okay, uh, ju ju just, okay, just to set the stage, this is all kind of coming out of this executive order. This is another line of work of theirs which is quite dangerous and hasn't really had hearings or had discussions or people talked to not just the morality of it, of where this is going. And I, I want everybody to understand they are obsessed with the brain computer interface. That is basically the merger. They keep talking about the merger of man and machine. And, and, and this is an obsession with them. And these experiments are going to be going on and it's going to go on, on on your money, on your tax dollars. And nobody is actually 
having hearings, investigations, debates of exactly what we're doing. I want you to stay there, Joe, because I want to start bringing in some other guests, and I want to come back to this because this is so deep and so worrisome about what we're doing here. And I told you, in 2024, this is going to be a major political issue. It's not a political issue right now, but the war room is going to make it a political issue because it has to be. I want to go to the Christian Prost and Brandon Showalter. Brandon, another aspect that has not really gotten the uh, the uh, hearing it needs and the in the in the focus it needs is your work at the Christian Post on this tr- transgender ideology, the experimentation that's going on, the operations from some of the most important institutions in this country medical. And that's the point I want to make with Joe Allen. You're talking about the elite of the elite, DARPA. Uh, ARPA H, the top universities, the top institutions, the biggest money, the best professors, the best surgeons, all of it. Walk us through your latest uh, discoveries in reporting and investigation about this entire situation, sir. Well, what's really interesting, Steve, is that the media now is pivoting from their line. Just from a few weeks ago when I was on your show, I mentioned how the corporate press, the legacy press, are totally running interference for all of these prominent institutions where when journalists like me and a few others have been holding up the mirror to these medical facilities like the Boston Children's Hospital, Lurie Children's Hospital in in Chicago, a number of children's hospitals nationwide, where the data, if you actually look at the receipts, at the journal articles, they themselves say that minors are having their breasts cut off, for example, they're having their genitals mutilated. If you actually look at the literature, at the peer-reviewed articles, it is indisputable that these disfiguring surgeries, these gender surgeries, I don't even like to call them that because it's such butchery. This is the on-ramp to transhumanism. First, you dissociate young people, young children from their bodies, and then from that, from that foundation, you can enter, introduce all manner of chaos. Uh, the latest, I just had to shake my head because earlier this week, Uh, JAMA Pediatrics, JAMA, which is the Journal of American Medical Association, put out a study um, that (laughs) they flat out admit that there's, it actually, I'm reading it right now, where the inclusion criteria for this surgery, where they said top surgery, which is amputation of the breasts of teenage girls, inclusion criteria for treatment of patients were 13 to 24 years of age at the time of surgery, transmasculine or non-binary gender identity, DFAB, which means designated female at birth and English speaking. Okay, so the media has pivoted and CBS ran with this narrative that this dramatically improves, this new study from Gemma Pediatrics dramatically improves the quality of life for these transgender young people. Uh, they are totally pivoting from denying that it's happening when we expose it with the receipts, from now saying the teenagers like it and it's good for them. This is improving their health. So just notice how they're gaslighting you because they've moved on from the narrative that no, this isn't happening to yeah. Actually, yes, it is. No, and it's actually okay, hang, hang, hang on, hang on. This is kind of what uh, Joe has been doing with the transhumanist side. First, they right. deny and lie about it. Then when they know that right. you've got the receipts and you have the peer-reviewed journals, I want to go to what they, because I, I, you sent me some of these articles, I sent you some. When they say the headline is it's helpful to these individuals, when you get down to about the fifth paragraph, there's these very soft focus groups or some really soft right. things about their mental health and suicide rates. The, 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 the actual act of uh, mutilating them is a fact. The yes. things that says that makes them better and things is, is very soft and they really never come out. You don't see the studies. You don't see the cross tabs. It's very squishy. 
Yet the headline mm-hmm. says they're, they're better. And so for mental hygiene and mental health, clearly uh, Brandon Showalter is a bully and he's mean. And the people at the Christian yeah. Post, the publishers are mean. And everybody that does this are hurting these kids and these heroic doctors who are now under bombs. You know, the bomb, you know, people are calling in bombs, stuff like that. They're the heroes yeah. in this war to, to help these kids. Is that basically the, the summary of where we stand right now? Oh, yes. These studies that they put out are complete junk. The one that we were just referring to here where you're talking about this soft language. They only examined, I think, 30 some people who got their breasts. Now, one is too many. In my estimation, you should never cut the breasts, physically healthy breasts off anybody, especially not a minor. But this is just I think there were 34 or 36 maybe that got their breasts cut off. And yes, they what they what they call it is, is mental health outcomes, you know, whatever that even is. And it's only for three months after. They were interviewed only three months after the surgery. Steve, I've interviewed detransitioners. These are individuals who have undergone these experimental procedures and hormones and surgeries. It takes much longer than three months before the regret starts to set in. And usually in some states, I think California for sure, and I'm pretty sure other states, they only have one-year statute of limitations where if you're not happy with it or you regret it and you want to file some sort of a malpractice lawsuit against the doctor that did this to you, you're out of luck because it's only a year. Uh, but the way these studies work and put those studies in air quotes is that it's just a very short time. They craft the narrative to their liking. The media runs with it. And then the public thinks, unless they're really just keen and tuned into what's going on, that this is actually the standard of care. This is health care. This is helpful for these kids. We're, we're going to make sure people understand this. They can make their own decisions, but they have to get the facts. One last thing before I let you go, Brandon, you said that this gender ideology or gender affirming surgery, whatever you call it, this is the on ramp to transhumanism. Explain that to right. the audience, please. Well, I, I think it's just it's philosophically speaking, if you can be dissociated from your sexed body, you can be dissociated from everything. This is what the gender identity industry does is dissociate us. And so if you can deny your sex, there's all man, you open yourself up to all manner of experimentation. I mean, Martine Rothblatt is the leader, I believe, of Terrasim, which is a transhumanist cult. And they full on say, he goes on and he gives lectures where he talks about tech transgenders and tech, transhum- tech transhumanists. If, if you desecrate the body in this way, it is not very much of a, sh- of a leap to then start to program it with all sorts of other technology, because if you can deny sex, which is one of the most fundamental aspects of our being, that's just where, that's it. You, you've broken the boundary. Brent, There's, that's just it. Brent, how do, how do people get to you on Christian Post and follow your investigative reporting, sir? You can follow my byline at the Christian Post. I do have a film review recently of a film called The Detransition Diaries, Saving Our Sisters, which is about detransitioners by the Center for Bioethics and Culture. Recommend it. I recommend everybody go see it. And I also can be found on Twitter at Brandon M. Show. Brandon, thank you very much for joining us. Thank Joe, you, hang on. Joe Allen, hang on. I want to, I want to bring in uh, Terry Schilling. Terry, uh, before I get to the report of the Republicans, the the uh, I don't know, a thousand students across Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, walked out of school the other day about this very thing, about Governor Youngkin's really not that tough a policy about this. How big a deal is this becoming now in American education? We're going to have some school board members on in the second half hour. How big a deal is this going to be, sir? 
Well, just to put it bluntly, Steve, transgender ideology is essentially in every public school across the country. And that's by design. That's from federal government policies. All of Joe Biden's executive orders where he directs every federal agency to uh, interpret sex under civil rights law to be gender inclusive of gender identity uh, protections. That includes the Department of Education and everything else that falls underneath it. And so what's happening now is these public schools are afraid of losing federal money. That's at least the excuse they give. And so they are changing these policies every single day. And, and what that translates to is kids across Virginia uh, stepping out of school and siding with the transgender movement over their own parents, right? Like th that's at the heart of this fight too, is, is dividing the household, right? What the, what the state is essentially doing is it's legalizing uh, state-sanctioned kidnapping. Uh, so they're, they're grooming your kids, they're transing them. Then when the parents disagree with that, they kidnap them um, and, and remove them um, from the parents' home. It's, it's absolutely criminal, but this has been institutionalized. It's why, 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 has the left, why, why has the left chosen this as kind of the hill they're going to die on in the metaphor? Why, why, have they, why have they made this the centerpiece of so much of what they're doing? I think that's why we're going to have some school board. I think that's why people that don't follow this that closely are saying, why would they do this? When you see Showwater's pieces are so radical, why have they chosen this, Terry? Well, at the heart of the Democratic Party is the progressive ideology, and at the heart of that is the belief that any barriers, any rules, any uh, structures or institutions that keep you from really choosing to do whatever you want to do, including mutilate your own body, including having your kids consent to sex and consent to sex changes, anything like that is going to inhibit human flourishing, and it's going to lead to all the bad things in this world. And so they're removing it. And the transgender fight is central to that, right? If you think about what they're doing and what they're institutionalizing in our country, it's sex changes for minors, right? Like if you can, if you can make Americans accept that and have it be bolstered and supported by our legal system to where anyone that opposes that, what can't you do, right? If, if you can force the American people, if you can force parents to uh, sexually transition their children um, against their wishes, what can't you get away with? I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking because once a kid can consent to a sex change, how much longer before we allow them to consent to sex with adults? It's not that far removed and it's not that crazy. And in fact, they're already making these arguments in Spain about allowing child, liberating children sexually so that they can be free to uh, have sex with adults. Terry, hang on for one second. The Republican study uh, group uh, led by Jim Banks They've got a solution for this, maybe around the American family. Short commercial break room returned to the war room in just a moment. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplug Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger, better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. 
It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out. WARROOM Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, welcome back. Uh, by the way, we had uh, we were going to do some a deep dive on the Chinese Communist Party with Dr. Bradley Thayer and J- the great Jason Jones on Cardinal Zen's trial, what the uh, CCP is doing right now with what, how the American taxpayer and pension near are funding their military operation. We're going to do that tomorrow because I got to spend more time on the topics we have before us. Okay. Terry, with all this going on, and we're going to have two really brave women come on right after you about school boards and about them trying to trying to talk to people about parental rights and all the blowback people are getting and all the scare tactics in all of this madness. And this is why November 8th is so important. Jim Banks and the Republican study group have put forward a really a plan for the American family. So walk us through it. I, I, I want to make sure we put the article up that everybody can get it and read it. But walk us through your assessment of where the Republicans are right now, sir. Well, Frank, uh, frankly, Steve, uh, this is this signifies that the Republican Party is a completely different party than where it was in just 2016. And what I mean by that is during 2016, the Republicans were running from even simple bills like bathroom bills that kept men out of women's private spaces, their their locker rooms and their showers. What the Republican Study Committee did, led by Jim Banks, is they released an 80-point plan to protect parental rights, protect the family, and protect our children. And it has everything included, including Marjorie Taylor Greene's um, uh, sex change ban and, and sex change procedure, you know, hormone treatments and everything for, for minors. It's got parental rights protections. It, refor- it gets rid of transgender ideology in schools, and li- it eliminates funding for critical race theory all throughout the federal government, including our, our schools. It, it, it 
it's tough to pick out my favorite part, uh, but it's just such a good sign that the Republican Party is no longer afraid of engaging and getting involved in these controversial issues. And, and really, ultimately, Steve, it's because they know that these are winning issues. They know that opposing the progressive regime and the woke ideology on all this stuff, they know that that's what voters want. And um, and they know that there, there's groups like APP out there that have the campaign and financial resources to now back them up in their campaigns and elections. So we've really started to build something incredible here. And this is this is the revenge of the parents, right? It's a Tea Party way for families. Um, and, um, you know, th but this proposal is very strong. I, I fully endorsed it. I think Jim Banks is doing a great job over at RSC. And I just want to say, I know you're, I know one of your next guests is Nicole Solas and she's, you, you really know how to pick out these guests, Steve, because she's a real fighter. She's fearless. And, uh, she's, you gotta address this at, you can't just address it at the top, like what APP is doing. You have to address it at the bottom as well. Um, a lot of this stuff is happening from federal grant agreements, but if you don't take over, the 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 local level you're going to have all these woke activists at the school board level just directing this no. stuff anyway for free we're, 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 i said this in april of 2021 we're, this is village by village the school board school boards are what picks the lock and the moms of america are, what, are, are at the forefront the vanguard of this i'm going to go into more people say well hey what are they going to do if they win here is something that directionally is very powerful it's an 80 point plan and it incorporates everything is it perfect no but man is it directionally close to perfect it is and here's the politics of it if you put that plan out and have an up or down vote for the nation of would you want this or you want the democrats we win 90 percent of the people 90 percent. if you want to get 65 percent of the hispanic vote if you want to get over 50 percent of the african-american vote and 65 to 75 percent of the asian vote Let's vote on this. This is, and I got to thank Banks and these guys to put this together, the men and women put together. It's incredibly powerful, and it shows you direction. Now we need one in economics and border security, all of it. But you're seeing, in fact, Banks is leading one in the CCP, and they're all not perfect to begin with. But your point, this is a process. You look at where we were in 16, and you compare it to today, uh, six years later, it's a, a dramatic. And we're about to take charge of the House of Representatives this and the, the fights are going to be over this on appropriations and funding. And you wait to hear the hearings and the investigations to go through all of it. Terry, how do people get to APP and particularly is they, I know they're going to want to find out more about your analysis of this 80 point plan around the American family because you've built APP around the American family. Uh, two places. Go to AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. That's where we've got all of our legislative analysis, um, including on this parent, parental rights package. We've sent out a few statements on it. Um, but also follow me on Twitter, uh, Getter, True Social, all Instagram, all that. It's just Schilling1776. Terry, thanks for coming on tonight. I really appreciate it. And you're right. Our next two guests are, are both killers. Let's start with Laura Blackwell. I'll get to Nicole in a second. Laura, you're vice chair of what the school board down in Cabarrus County in uh, in North Carolina. I think it's outside of Raleigh or Charlotte. Uh, tell us, walk us through, we know you know Sloan. What is going, what is, what's the fight that you've got down there in the Tar Heel State? Well, uh, Steve, thanks so much for having me on your show first. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, this whole thing is, is blown out um, quite a bit um, that I, I honestly didn't expect um, once uh, I was made aware of a book that um, was at the CMS uh, school district and a, a local parent brought this book to my attention. Um, so 
uh, I, you know, being on a school board, obviously, if you're bringing material to me that I think is inappropriate for our children to read, or at least I think a parent should know the material that's in it, um, I'm going to do something about it. And so uh, at one of the school board meetings, um, we, well, I read the book out loud at the school board meeting rather than waiting for uh, a parent to come and read it to us, which I've seen multiple times at, at multiple school board meetings. Um, just wanted to kind of take the initiative myself and say, this is, this is a, a book that's in our school system and um, this is what the material is. I think parents, when we talk about some of the books that are in our in the system, okay, but hang, but hang 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 on for a second. There's there's fifty thousand books. Is this pornography? What was the book? What's the title? And wh what was the big deal? Is it pornography? Not pornography? I mean, there's a hundred thousand books. Were you reading so Grimm's the, fairy tales, or what were you reading? The book is called Looking for Alaska uh, by John Green. Um, this book has been um, in production, I believe, since two thousand and five. And um, the, the scene out of the book that I wrote, that I read was an oral sex scene um, that was in the book. And um, it was appalling to me to know that this material was in a book that children had access to um, in the schools. And so for us to bring it to the parents' attention. Was okay, but hang on, but hang on, hang on a second, hang on a second, slow down. Why would a librarian put pornography in, or buy a book that had pornography and graphic pornography, at least literary pornography? Why? Who made that decision? Is that the librarian? Is that in conjunction with the school board? Is that teachers? How does a book like that get selected to even be put into a library, ma'am? So what I think is uh, based on the, the information that I have learned um, through this process is that uh, media specialists have avenues of which they look for material for the schools. However, the material, it doesn't have a rating system with it. So basically what they rely on is whether the, the book has gotten great reviews or whether it's won certain awards. Um, and you know, vetting the material as far as being able to read the book and in its entirety um, is not something at this point that our media specialists um, or that the media specialists that I've spoken to um, do. They they kind of rely on just the reviews and they rely on the awards that the book has won. Was this book well-reviewed and had this book won awards? This book has been well-reviewed and won many awards. Um, and one of the things that I have been told is that um, because I don't have a master's degree in education, that I don't I, I don't have the relevance to be able to speak on any of this material in the school system. Hang on, hold, hold stop. This had by the way, was this when you said oral sex? Was this heterosexual or homosexual? This was heterosexual sex. Yes, it was. It basically why. It basically describes what? what? Why do you need a master's in education to know if something's pornography and can be available for children, right? School children. Why? Why did they say you needed a master's in education? Well, I definitely think that that is um, a narrative that people like to use, um, but I have a sense of discernment for what I believe that children should be 
exposed to. And um, being on a school board, I have to be the adult in the room. I have to be somebody that can stand up and say, this material is not appropriate for our children. Um, and that's basically what, what I chose to do is to, to speak out. Did, did, against- did the school board, did, did your, did your fellow members of the school board vote unanimously to pull that book from the library? So what we have right now is something called a literature and supplemental material committee, which I have been appointed as the chair um, and we are, our job is to come up with processes and policies. Our, a school board is run on processes and policies. And so creating a process and policy that will help moving forward, um, parents be able to know what type of material their children have access to. Um, we have a process in place um, now where parents, if they object to materials, um, there is a form that they'll be able to fill out and be able to send that into the school system. Um, and now we also have a vetting process that we um, have been discussing that will be reviewed by several committees and um, is, eventually make its way up to, it, to the board. It, is, is, this, is this happening in real time? I mean, has this book been pulled in the interim until you work out your processes and procedures? Is this book... In other words, if somebody in the fifth grade can't go into the library and check it out today? Correct. This book is not available for um, anyone to check out. Um, This is on the high school level, um, but I definitely think that people need to realize that when you're talking on the high school level, you're talking about 13 and 14-year-old children. Um, Not everybody in high school is a high school senior. Are you – the media is going to smear you as a book burner and a book banner. Are you a book burner or a book banner, ma'am? No, sir, I am not. And that is exactly what this uh, committee has been um, affectionately titled is the book burning committee. Um, That is not what we are set up to do. We are set up to um, make sure that there is a process and policy that is in place so that this can be followed no matter who is on the Board of Education. This will be a policy that will be followed throughout the school system. And it doesn't it doesn't matter Republican. It doesn't matter Democrat. It just matters having, um, you know, the common sense and discernment of, of knowing what is appropriate for a child to be reading. And sexually explicit material, Laura, in my opinion, not appropriate. Laura, Laura, Blackwell, Laura Blackwell, are you going to back down on this at all, no matter how hard they come after you, ma'am? No, sir. I will not back down. Um, I have been attacked on many levels, called a fascist, called a Nazi. Um, you know, to me, being a mother, um, you can come at me with whatever names that you want to. But my ultimate goal is to protect my children and to protect the children of this county. And that's what I'm going to continue to do. Laura, how do people follow all this on your social media or website? Where do people go? Um, well, you can follow me at my um, uh, Facebook page, uh, Laura Blackwell for Cabarrus County School Board. Um, and I also have an uh, email at lwblackwell78.com. I imagine there's some nice comments on your Facebook. I mean, I know you have a lot of support, but the left is. For the audience, this is going around in every school district in this nation. I hope you, everybody understands this. This is a fight. She, Laura is emblematic of the fight of, of moms and, uh, and citizens in this country 
to defend school children. It's going everywhere, and it's going to only get nastier. And part of this is by these radical librarians. Laura, thank you very much. Honored to have you here on War Room. Look forward to having you back. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you having me. Yes, ma'am. Great fight. Okay, I want to go to Nicole Solis. Nicole, describe, you know, I, I was honored to go to Officer Canada School in, in Rhode Island. I absolutely love the state. It's just fantastic. It's beautiful. The people are fantastic and great. But there's a disturbing story that came out of Rhode Island the other day about a lecture or talk you were trying to give. Can you describe what happened, ma'am? Because it looked like it was kind of dangerous. Yes, um, I was holding an educational event to inform parents about how schools in Rhode Island are teaching gender ideology and keeping secrets from parents if their child has an identity crisis and thinks they are the opposite sex, which is, of course, a life-threatening situation that parents should know about. I advertised this event, which was a private event. Uh, event. If I invited you, you could come. If you RSVP'd and there was space, you could come. And um, I received a phone call from police a few days before this event went on that they had intel that there were people coming that could be violent. They've been arrested before. And the police told me that I could not hold this event unless I hired five police officers to protect me and to protect my attendees. During this time, I became the target of an onslaught of harassment and bullying on social media by not only um, radical progressive trans activists, but by legislators in Rhode Island, senators, um, college professors, uh, journalists. These people went onto Twitter, smeared me as a bigot. They said that I was hateful and they were all coordinating to come to my event to sabotage it. They also coordinated the harassment of the Cranston Public Library and made public calls for everyone to harass the library and demand that the library shut down my event. Even the ACLU of Rhode Island came out with a statement that defended my free speech, but also condemned my speech and said that it was the thought that we hate and that I intended to present discriminatory views. And they painted me like I was the Westboro Baptist Church. And here I am, just a stay-at-home mom that wanted to inform other parents about factual things happening in Rhode Island schools. I wanted to inform parents about the indoctrination of children into gender ideology into school and how that leads to the Nazi-level grotesque Dr. Frankenstein medical experimentation of children which is what my featured speaker, Chris Elston, who's on Twitter as Billboard Chris, then talked about. And our presentation contained only facts. We had slides backing up everything we were saying. But before we could even say it, I had all of these progressive radical activists trying to sabotage me, smear me, and bully me, and try to intimidate me from simply giving this educational presentation and necessary conversation about the health and safety of children in Rhode Island and all of America. So it was it was probably the most intense experience I've ever had in my life. Um, I, I had police following me like secret service. I had to hide my car. I had to get a police escort back and forth from my car. I had to stay inside the library for my own safety. Um, the library had to shut down because they didn't want people sneaking in through other entrances, like possibly to harm us. I mean, it was it was just amazing because they're painting us as the bad guys, but the library and the police were doing everything they could to protect us from, you know, potential bad guys. 
Um, and, you know, I had people RSVPing to my personal email to come to this event, pretending like they were coming. And then I would look them up online and find that they were these like people that had been arrested at other protests. They were violent. Um, so, you know, I had intel that I was then forwarding to police myself. And um, I still am not sure about the exact intel that police had. But again, I couldn't have my event without spending over a thousand dollars on protection, on police protection. Nicole, I, I got to have you back on the morning show. What is your social media? We'll reach out to you after this show because it's such a profound story. How do people get to you and how do people find out more? We got the article up. We'll push it everywhere. How do people find out more about you and your fight, ma'am? I'm on Facebook, Nicoletta Nicole. It should have Nicole Solis in parentheses. And I'm on Getter as Nicole Solis, N-I-C-O-L-E-S-O-L-A-S. Um, I just put the uh, the Getter uh, profile up so it's not active yet but please follow me and i'm going to start using it more oh and also um, yeah, i'm with we'll independent Women's network yeah thank you no it's fantastic and you're an incredibly brave individual as all the women part of that group are nicole uh, we'll talk to you after the show about having you back on thank you um it's unbelievable I want to get Mike Davis. You had a couple of big wins today. We only got about 90 seconds, but I want you to just tell what the posse was able to do in, in securing at least these small wins. What happened, sir? Yeah, so three important big tech antitrust reforms got passed in the House over the st strong objection of the Google-funded House Republican leaders. And uh, we, we need to give a lot of credit to Congressman Ken Buck, a conservative all-star from, for, from Colorado for getting 39 Republicans to join forces to bring these much needed reforms. This is an important first step to bring accountability to big tech. And I think we're gonna build on this momentum to get more done. And so Congressman Ken Buck deserves a lot of praise along with my former boss, Senator Chuck Grassley from Iowa, Senator Tom Cotton, Senator Mike Lee. They've, they delivered in uh, three important wins today. It's it's a it's a it's a signpost along the way. Where do people go to find out more about you? And we're we're gonna have you back on and have a discussion of where another at least hundred Republicans were, but that's a topic for tomorrow. Where do they go tonight to get to you, Mike Davis? Yeah, it's article three project dot uh, dot uh, dot org, article three project dot org, and it's at article three project at article number three project on Getter, Twitter, Truth, and my personal is MRD. DMI and thank you again, Steve, and to the War Room Posse. You guys really made this happen. Well, it was you. You're the tip of the spear. We're just here in the support function. I got to tell you, and the Posse is very proud of you. This is a tough fight. But you see all the madness we saw earlier in the show? The way you take care of it, victory begets victory. And this is what David's fighting for. We got to get control of these tech oligarchs and understand it's a philosophical difference, but we got to get into it. Be back here at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. We're going to be on fire. See you then in the War Room. <laughs>